Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, I'm recording then. Let's get going. Yes, indeed, here we are on the first 2019 edition of Bolts of the Roundtable. I'm Terry Bonadonna, your moderator here at the Roundtable, and I'm joined by the middle of the order for the Thunderbolts. Tyler Alamo is to my left, Blair Beck to his left, and Dash Winningham next to him. So let me introduce them all individually. Tyler Alamo, first-year Thunderbolt, starting catcher for the Bolts this year. Tyler, welcome to the Roundtable. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Blair Beck, of course, you've been here before. My co-host, as always, on the Roundtable. Thanks for being here, Blair. Always a pleasure, Terry. And Dash Winningham, another first-year member of the Windy City Thunderbolts, the starting first baseman for the team this year. Dash, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. First off, we should uh, be honest with everybody. We're actually sitting around two separate round tables. But other than that, I think uh, we are as advertised here today from the suites at Ozinga Field. Blair, you've been around here before. You've been around the, the table. And, of course, you've been with the Thunderbolts now. This is your fourth year with the team. So as you sit in between two guys who are in their first seasons with the ball club, how is it adjusting to new guys entering the clubhouse every year, new guys entering the lineup every year? Are you able to, to kind of welcome them in, especially now as the, the most veteran member of the team? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I try to treat everybody, you know, like like they've been here for, for years. So, And I think doing that gets everybody relaxed and kind of makes everybody feel at home. Dash, you're in your first season of independent ball, and you've got a lot of experience playing affiliated baseball in the Mets organization. What first drew you to Windy City? Uh, well, I, <clears throat> I wanted to give myself uh, another opportunity in professional baseball and not just give it up right away out of affiliate ball. And, um, you know, I felt like this was the right fit, good opportunity at the time, and uh, I'm just fortunate enough to be here. Um, just trying to put up good numbers and put myself in a good position to uh, get moved up or get picked up. I'm curious, all three of you guys play affiliated baseball, and I always wonder when you are playing affiliated ball, what is the awareness of independent baseball in your clubhouse? Is, is this something that guys generally do consider, or is it something that you get released and you don't know what to do next and you happen to find this? Right. Um, it's kind of both ways. Um, there's guys that you know, say they're never going to go play independent ba baseball, and then there's guys that will do anything and everything to pursue their dream. But uh, you know, for me, it's been it's been uh, 21, 23 years of, of baseball, kind of only got getting drafted out of high school. It's kind of been you know my 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 thing. So uh, just figured, why not go back, give it another shot after being released, kind of show the Mets organization uh, what they kind of missed out on, on and just. Just try to go out and put up good numbers. What about you, Tyler? You signed with the Thunderbolts the day before our season opened. So what brought you here? Um, the location attracted me a lot. Um, I only live an hour and a half from here. I'm originally from Los Angeles. I now live in South Bend, Indiana. So um, I wanted to stay local and also um, compete at a high level. Um, I was released the last day of spring training. Um, couple things were in the works, didn't happen. Um, I was lucky enough to have some ties with the team um, through coaches in the area. And um, I'm just glad to be here. Um, I didn't know it was going to work out this way. Um, but yeah, I love the team and I'm really, really blessed to be here. And um, yeah. What brings somebody from Southern California to South Bend, Indiana? Um, playing in low A with the Cubs, met a girl and uh, now I live there. Sadly, but um, 
yeah, if it wasn't for baseball, I'd probably still be living in California. The way you say sadly, it makes it seem like the Midwest isn't treating you well. Uh, winters are rough. That's I all I got to say that. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's been a winter for me, and I've been here for a month, and uh, end of April, all of May, and it's been a winter to me. I didn't see anything under under 40 degrees back home in Florida. So, Yeah, we've got guys here from California, Texas, and Florida. We're all playing baseball in Chicago, and you at least playing during the summer months. Our season doesn't start until the first week of May. You get to avoid the serious winter, and you get to avoid the April that you would get if you were playing Major League Baseball here in Chicago, but uh, we haven't had the, the friendliest spring so far this year. Mm-hmm. Does that make it difficult to play baseball, to hit, when you're coming into an unfamiliar condition like this? Absolutely. We had to go get hand warmers in Lake Erie. I made the, asked the bus driver, hey, can we go get some hand warmers? And it was, you, yeah, you take one off the end of the bat and you're, you can't feel your hand for at least half an inning. That was a rough weekend right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the worst weekends I've ever had as a broadcaster, too. It, my 10 years in the Frontier League, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a full series where it failed to reach 50 degrees. I think this was the coldest start in my four years that I've had at Windy City. I mean, yeah, spring training was cold some, some years, but... Like going into the season, it would heat up, and it just stayed cold. And now it's finally we got some good weather. Yeah, it's the, the earliest start we've ever had too, so I'm sure that plays into it a little bit. But yeah, just yeah. a really brutal May, even by Chicago standards. Now, Dash, you said you hadn't been in weather below 40 before. Well, well not before this this winter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, hardly really. I mean, there's been winters where we see like 35 degrees, 34 degrees, like a few times few times a year but it's nothing like continuous yeah Yeah. and yeah i'm trying to think of and so forth uh you guys obviously know better than i do because you've experienced it but i'm trying to think of where else you've played in your career too tyler you've been in the midwest league so i'm sure you've had some rough brutal very brutal 29 i remember our opening night in south bend was 29 degrees and it was uh it was a tough one yeah that seems like uh i didn't i didn't want to be out there yeah i was catching and uh got beat up and then the cold on top of it made it miserable so it took about a month for it to cool down. yeah it was it was bad how bad is it catching in that type of weather is it significantly worse than if you're playing first base um yes it's it's brutal um especially if a pitcher isn't you know spotting up or if he's wild or throwing balls in the dirt left and right and you have to stop him i mean it, it sucks for sure um but you're moving around and it's not too too bad I would say hitting's even worse. Um, that's when I started using a lizard skin on my bat because I couldn't. Ha- I mean, I couldn't handle it. It was it was brutal. Like you said, you hit one off the end of the bat, and you can't. You feel like your fingers aren't even existent. So, <laughs> I think the end of my little league career was I played a, a cold game. I got jammed on on a pitch, and I lost complete feeling in my hand. The ball was hit to me the next inning, and I couldn't throw it back to the infield. Yeah, and my coach took me out and never put me back in. <laughs> he was looking for an excuse anyway. It's not uh, not good when you're hitting 200 in Little League. You don't get too many opportunities. But, yeah, I, I like the summer months a little bit better. And for you guys, you're all hitters. I assume you've appreciated the weather that we've had here in Crestwood over the last week because the wind's really been beneficial. And, Blair, you know that it doesn't always work out that way here. No, yeah, this place is a graveyard usually. And having this wind blowing out really uh, can boost some confidence. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tyler, we were just talking about the difference between catching and playing first base. You've done a lot of both over the course of your career. Were you told coming in that you were going to be exclusively a catcher here? Is that something you wanted to do? What was your plan when you got released by the Cubs? Um, so 
the last year or so with the Cubs, I didn't catch at all. Um, I broke my foot early last season in 18, and they kind of shut me down from catching just to make sure that I wasn't, you know, overusing it. Um, this spring training didn't catch one bullpen, and the first time I had caught since, like, September 3rd in Tennessee was Joliet opening night. So it was it was a while, um, but it's natural to me. It's, it's something I've done my whole life, so um, it's what I want to do. I enjoy it. Um, I don't always like the wear and tear that comes with it, but overall it's it's where I want to be. Um, I also enjoy first base. It's nice to take a blow every once in a while and just, you know, relax your arm, but that's exactly where I want to be. How did that work out? Did you put out word, I want to get a job catching somewhere, or did you just find out the Thunderbolts needed a catcher and that's the job you got? Um, so I do lessons with a kid who has a coach on his high school team that um, – has some ties with the Thunderbolts and he had told me, you know, if anything ever happens, you know, let me know and I'll see if they need a guy or whatever. And the first time he gave Brian a call, they didn't have room for me. Um, and I was panicking because I had some stuff lined up that just fell through. And, um, I got, I had a couple calls from some other teams in this league and they kind of fell through with just experience they had to had or whatever the rules are. And I got a call, the day before I showed up by Brian and said, hey, one of our guys just quit. We'd love to have you. Can you get here ASAP? And I said, say no more. And I got in my car and I drove here. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing that happened. I didn't expect it to happen. I thought I was going to be out of a job. So um, getting that opportunity was pretty cool. And, yes, that was what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to be a primary catcher, um, try to handle the, the staff, um, young staff we have and do my best at that. So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, Blair, you're a catcher too, right? Did you exchange tips with one another? Yeah, um, we've, had, we've talked about it. Uh, I mean, he does a great job behind the plate. Um, but my catching experience is very, very little. I mean, I just go I back there. I don't think you ever there. committed an error, though. No, no never. Balls. Never had a guy run on me either. <laughs> so, Yesterday you were second in line, buddy. Yeah. I had to get my I had to get my stuff. Brian <coughs> Smitty uh, sent me a text and he goes, "Hey, listen, if Checo goes down for whatever reason, you're in there. So bring your cup." I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I had to call my mom and say, "Hey, listen," because they were on the way over. And I said, "Hey, grab my catcher's gear. It's somewhere. You're gonna have to look for it. Find it. Bring it." So they got it. Yeah, I'm sure your mom appreciates that. <laughs> it's somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where it is. It was like in I think 307. The uh, my dad's at my dad's office, so underneath some cobwebs. How did how did that come about? Did you make yourself available as the emergency catcher, or did he just come to you? Well, I mean, I've always, I told him. Guy. I said, hey, you know, I can catch. Like I, the only position I haven't played for the Thunderbolts is shortstop and pitcher. Is the only thing I haven't done. You uh, played second base impressive. earlier this year. It's the first time you've done that professionally. You were a second baseman in college, weren't you? No, I was. Well, so. I was a middle infielder in high school. Okay. When I got to college, I played outfield. And then when I got to Kansas, I played uh, first base. The first time ever playing first base, they just threw me a glove and said, hey, <laughs> go to work. So I was like, all right. And then I got here, and I was up the middle. I was on. I was at second base. And I was like, oh, God, I haven't done that. So usually anytime I get to a position I'm not used to, I just try and be athletic and – 
the first game you played second base here this year, I went into the coach's office after the game. I said, first time Blair's ever played second as a professional, huh? And Brian Smith says to me, he told me he could play second. <laughs> so God, yeah. You look pretty natural over there, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell everybody I can do it all, which, I mean, I feel like I can. Uh, obviously, center field is what I'm pretty comfortable with. My first year here, I played third base, uh, and I kind of feel like if you – if you feel ground balls at third, you should be able to do it at second. Um, so, pretty smooth over there. Yeah. Now, Dash, you've only ever played first base professionally. What happens if they throw you in the center field or catcher? You, you know, I try to do my play best. But, We're playing, uh, playing on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, that's probably probably the best idea. Is is doing that? Yeah. Um, I do my best, but I don't I don't know how I'd, how I'd play out there. So if you two new guys, how has the Frontier League found you so far? We haven't seen all the teams yet, but you've done a little bit of traveling. You've seen a lot of the competition. You've you've been here in Crestwood for the better part of a month now. How have you been finding your first year in independent ball? Uh, it's been it's been pretty good so far. Um, all the places that we kind of travel to, other than the weather in some areas, um, has been been great. Uh, far from kind of what I expected. I thought it was going to be a little bit a little bit uh, different, but. You know, for the most part, it's been it's been pretty good. I've gotten adjusted, gotten comfortable, um, and I think the biggest thing is just having a good group of guys in the clubhouse. When you show up each and every day at the ballpark, kind of chit chat with them. You don't have to kind of be your be by yourself. You know, you got you know you got your boys, your 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 buddies from from your team that kind of I don't know get you going for the day. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of guys at this level who talk about the difference between this and affiliated ball, where everybody is constantly moving up or getting pushed back down to a different level, whereas here there's more of a unification in the clubhouse where everybody, of course, is still trying to get to the next level, but it's mm -hmm. not necessarily constant player movement. Right. Have you found that as well, that there's more cohesiveness in the clubhouse? Oh, yeah. Um, just playing with the Cubs for a while, um, it's a lot more selfishness. Um, an affiliated ball, which I get it, you know, that's a part of the game. You know, you want to win, but at the end of the day, club doesn't care if you win or not. They want to see numbers. They want to see you produce. They want to see logistic. They want to see it all, you know, and at the end of the day, if you go 0 in 162 and you hit 300, that's what they're looking at. So I feel like, you know, here it's a lot more about team. Um, and so far, I've even I've even chit chatted with my dad and my mom, and I'm like, this is one of my favorite teams I've ever played on. Just with the guy, the group of guys, um, just the camaraderie is just. It's, I'm not used to it. Um, there's a lot of division in affiliated ball. Um, I feel like this team is really meshed together really well, for being pretty much new guys. I mean, I know there's only a couple guys from last year's team, um, so I feel like it's going to help big time. Um, just because there's no moving up moving down type of thing it's more so we're going to be together for the whole year whether you like it or not you better get used to it um and i'm liking it so far i like the team a lot um great group of guys i think the spread's the only thing that we got to get used to and some of yeah. the spread at some places is like yeah there's some differences for sure yeah, but do you, get, do you get fed pretty well in affiliated ball um, yes okay cubs do um we have nutritionists at every single <laughs> affiliate um yeah, we get we get pretty good spreads. The higher you go in levels, you get better and better. Um, I think my last meal was like steak tips and potatoes, and it was awesome. Yeah, we don't always get that. That's not yeah. That's gonna happen. <laughs> Hot dogs and beggars pizza. <laughs>
It's no. a PB, you better get used to PB and J. Yeah. For anybody out there wanting to play Frontier League ball, you better I mean, get used probably, to PB and J's. Yeah, yeah. More hot dogs and hamburgers over the course of my career here than is healthy for anyone to eat in their oh, entire yeah. lifetime. Yep. That gateway spread, though, on Sundays, oof. Money? Oh, my God, you can't beat it. We'll be there twice this year. Yep, can't beat it. Yeah, dude, it's that good. They when we travel there pretty soon. We are there, yeah, <laughs> mid-June. Mid-June, and then so again coming in August. Up. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's, it's craving a good <laughs> a Casino, you know, if you want to go. Oh, there's a casino, Are you huh? casino guys? Um, nah, I try not to be. <laughs> Gateway, I'm River guilty. City. Yeah. Both of them right by a casino. Mm. Yeah. Well, we, we only might go be dangerous. one night in River City. Be careful, Beck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I got you, you had another big night at a casino, I heard, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, a little, little $30 slot machine, pulled it a few times. Dash was with me, and... Um, I got got lucky and hit it for ten thousand dollars. So, that's, what a yeah, guy! That's, that's pretty lucky. Yeah, I think actually that that one slot was uh, <laughs> more more money than I've than I've made in my professional career as a as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was a crazy road. night. I've never seen someone pull out and win five ten thousand dollars. Then we saw Baker Mayfield when we were walking out. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. At the casino. Yeah. Night. Yeah, it was a great night. Dash wanted a picture so bad. I was <laughs> Oppenheim was in the in the bathroom, standing right next to him, and didn't say a word. Well, what do you say to a guy in the bathroom? What's up? You're standing next to Baker Mayfield. What's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Can you can you hand me some paper towels? He's not a bathroom attendant. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, maybe if he's in front of you, hey, can you? You know, if there's like two paper towels left, hey, don't take both of them. Can we share 50-50 mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, well, I mean, you guys are all professional athletes. You've all gotten a chance to play at some point or another with guys who have who have made it to the highest level. Do you still get starstruck when you see somebody like Baker Mayfield in a casino in Cleveland? Uh, I, I don't. I would think I mean, it's just cool. Yeah, I wouldn't be starstruck. It was just cool. It was pretty cool. Baker Mayfield's one the up-and-coming great quarterbacks in the NFL or what could be. Um, with the Browns this year, you got a good, got a good team rolling in. A few trades with Odell coming in and whatnot. You got Jarvis, you got Baker. They're going to be a good offense. So it would have been around. good to get in tight with with Baker Mayfield the first time you met him. Well, oh, Connor Mays went to high school with him and played high school oh, baseball. Did you really, yeah, I didn't realize that. And so it was me, Dash, who else? Mathis, Straub, Straub, and uh, Oppenheim. And we're sitting there, and Mays was like, God, he, we thought he was going to come with us, and he stayed at the hotel. And if he would have been with us, we would have oh, hung yeah. out with Baker all night. Yeah, yeah, that would have been your end. Yeah, Mays' mom and, and Baker's mom are like best friends. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you had an in anyway. You just go to Baker and say, hey, friend of Connor Mays, huh? Yeah. There you go. You've still got the whole night in front of you. But, but I, there's I no Connor Mays. Yeah, there's no Connor Mays there, the so it's like, oh, you cool. know, I feel like somebody can – you know, see that, or a lot of people are weird about. Well, you could have played it cool and said, "Hey, are you uh, Connor Mays' high school teammate?" Yeah. Well, he played he played football at Texas Tech with my brother. Um, so. Your I mean, brother I, played football at Texas Tech. Uh huh. Oh, I didn't really. He played baseball there too, didn't he? Yeah. Well, my my brother, my real brother, played baseball at Tech and TCU, and okay. then my other brother that we kind of brought in my freshman year of high school, he played football there uh, for two and a half years with Baker. Okay. So you had a lot of ins with Baker Mayfield anyway. Yeah. 
So, you, just, you chose not to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, I... Because you were more successful at least that night than he I was. I mean, do you know who his best friend is? Yeah. Yeah, well, is he a bigger celebrity than Baker Mayfield at this point? Mm. In the, ba- in the baseball, won, I mean, in the uh, baseball world, yeah, I mean, I feel like, like when you're, when we're in Houston and we're hanging out, he's, I mean, he's got a lot more popular now, but I would say he's more popular than J.J. Watt to an extent in, in Houston? Houston. Yeah, I mean, you win a World Series, you probably, I mean, I don't know, I've never spent a significant amount of time in Texas. I've never really been clear on how big a baseball area it is, and I guess it's a huge state, so you can't even say baseball in Texas. How big is baseball, though, where you're from? Compared to football, I assume it's it's lower uh, Yeah, I mean, when I was in when I was in high school playing football, it was like, like we would average 10,000 a game. So, like, football was huge. Baseball is big, but it's a lot bigger in the Metroplex, like Houston, Dallas, uh, as well as football. But I would say, I'd say baseball is a little behind football-wise, but I mean, you get down to Houston, baseball is pretty big. Has it always been that way, as far as you can tell? Yeah. So it's not just the Astros have been really good the last few years, and now suddenly everybody's coming out of the woodwork as Astros fans. Yeah, no. I mean, the the Astros. I've I've never. I wasn't an Astros fan until Alex got drafted by them. I was a Rangers fan my whole life, and uh, you know when Nelson Cruz didn't go into the wall and catch that ball to win the World Series. I became an Astros fan. <laughs> so yeah, You and I, I think, had similar reactions to Nelson Cruz not making that catch. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a Rangers fan, but I think I dislike the Cardinals as much as anybody likes any team. Yeah. That, yeah, that World Series darn near killed me. Yeah. Mm. And, like, for me, I'm like, dude, I'm going through a wall in game 12 of a Frontier League game, and this is game uh, – what was that? Game, that was game six. Game six? Yeah, it would have been the last out. The last, the last out. out. And he had room to catch this thing. Blows me away. Any, mm. and, and he just he pulled up at the wall and just let it, let it hit off for a double. I think who hit that freeze? Was that freeze? Yeah, I think freeze, freeze hit it. He went off. He was, yeah, yeah, he went off. He Last went couple off. of games. Yeah, incredible. But yeah, that was quite a World Series. Yeah, it was. Dash, you grew up in Florida. Did you have uh, a major league team that you supported or still do? You know, uh, I grew up going to some Rays games, but they weren't very good until. I was about middle school, I think 08. They made it to the World Series and played the Phillies. So, yeah, I'd say growing up my team was, was the Rays. And I, I actually liked the Cardinals growing up. Y'all was like my first team I ever played for. So I thought so you and I, I would get along because I kind of grew up as a Rays fan too. Right. Living in Chicago, which didn't make any sense. Mm. But I can't, yeah, I can't support anybody who likes team? the Cardinals. Yeah. Angels. <laughs> the Halos? I was more of a Cardinals fan, though, when, when Pujols was there. But okay. man, after, after Pujols, I kind of. Yeah, then he went to the Angels, and Tyler became a fan, and you jumped mm-hmm. off the bandwagon. Yeah, so. Did you, ever ba- did you ever base your favorite MLB team off, like, what team you were on in Little League? Yeah. Yeah, early on, that's what I was saying. The Cardinals, that was, like, my first team. Yeah, see, I was, a Bra- I was on the Braves when I was in Little League. So, like, that was when Chipper, Call, Maddox, yeah, all gross. those. Yeah, they were nasty, and that was my team. And then when I got older, I was like, all right, I'm in Texas. I got to root for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But. I guys. played on the Cardinals in Little League, so I didn't base my <laughs> fandom on that at all. Who who was your team growing up? The Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, so Always I, was a, the Cubs. I was a big Cubs fan. Uh, less now than when I was growing up. But so how mad were you when the guy, what was the guy's name? That Bartman. Bartman. 
What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Or can you not comment? No, no, I can comment. I, I made an entire documentary on that exact subject. Did you really? I did, yeah. I was not ever a Bartman hater. I was more of an Alex Gonzalez hater. He's the guy who booted the easy double play ball yeah. the, next, the next at bat, I think. Uh, and as time grew on, I, I really started to get mad at Moises Alou, too. I thought his reaction to the play is what really blew everything out of proportion. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing that nobody remembers is I think that exact same play happened in game two of that series where it was down the first baseline. The catcher was going to make a catch, and a fan reached over and knocked that out of his hand. And it's all about context. It's a foul ball. No game has ever been won or lost on a foul ball. But when you blow up the way Alou did and just blow everything out of proportion, now suddenly the crowd's going crazy and getting on this guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what... Oh, the broadcast was late through his headphones, right? That's what happened? Yeah, Like, the well, ball was hit, and then he did that, and then it came through the headphones, because he was wearing headphones, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a seven-second delay on the radio, I think. Mm-hmm. See, I've never, been, I've never understood what, when you go to a game and you're watching it live, why you have headphones in, listening... At the same time. Well, Blair, some people feel that radio broadcasts are the best part of baseball. No, I'm not saying it's not, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if you're watching it live, like, are you, are, would you have headphones in if you're at a I've Cubs game? It. Really? I've done it, yeah. See, yeah. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm all about radio. I listen to the radio broadcast if I'm, like, not there, you know? Right. It's fun because, I mean, it depends on who you're there with, too. Uh, and I know Bartman actually was there with some friends of his, and I think the popular opinion was everybody assumes he was there by himself because he had his radio on. I go to games by myself. A lot of people don't like doing that, but I love going to games by myself. And you put the radio on. Just a hot dog, a Coke, and that's it. you're that's just get, get my ready score to go. Checking yeah. out the ladies in the stands. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're doing, Terry. And every now and then I turn it and watch the yeah. game. So I need the radio to tell me what's going <laughs> yeah. on on the field. It adds, it adds a little extra context to what's going on. Yeah, you've got stats on the scoreboard and that sort of thing, but you get a little bit more information from the radio broadcast. Are you are you a one one ear in like the other? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. Listen to both. Plus, I think if a radio broadcaster is doing his job well, and this is something that I always strive for, if you're doing your job well as a radio broadcaster, you become like a companion to your listeners. So for me, growing up as a Cubs fan, the Cubs radio broadcaster is Pat Hughes. And I listen to him every day, and it gets to a point where if I'm not listening to him, I feel like I'm missing out on something. Even if I'm watching the game on TV, listening to the TV broadcaster, he's just a guy who's providing extra commentary. Mm-hmm. He's not like my friend, my, my actual baseball-watching companion, which yeah. is the radio announcer. So I like, I like bringing the radio to the game as well. Who's your favorite broadcaster of all time? Pat Hughes. Pat Hughes, Cubs broadcaster. Not Scully? Not Scully. I love Vince Scully. Um, and I, he probably, listening to him probably taught me more about just the, the X's and O's of how to do it than anybody else. But, yeah, I grew up with Pat Hughes. He's my guy forever. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love listening to him. I know that uh, Thunderbolt's current manager is not a Vin Scully fan. He's, really? He's the first guy I think I ever talked to told me he just doesn't like listening to Vin Scully. Wow. They're out there. To get on him. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Gonna I'm going to have to have a chat with yeah, him about Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the last person in the world that doesn't – I hate the Dodgers. Growing, growing up, we did not like the Dodgers. Is that a thing in Los Angeles? Is there a crosstown rivalry? It kind of depends. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, but uh, my dad grew up in – I mean, I kind of just followed my dad's footsteps. I'm a Rams fan. I'm a Lakers fan. And I'm an Angels fan, and that's just who he liked. So he always taught me, we don't like the Dodgers. Like, you just don't like the Dodgers. So, But listening to that voice 
how can you not like him? You know, and I can't stand the Dodgers, but I love Vince Scully. I think he's a legend. I think it brings chills to my body listening to him talk, you know, just the way he was. And um, like I said, don't even like the Dodgers, but I got, I got to love that guy. I think yeah. I don't know how you don't like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> when he when I was at the World Series with the Astros and he came on the field to throw out a first it's, pitch, it's, it's, I mean, electric. dude, the entire stadium shut down and they gave him a microphone and he just – told a story right there on the mound like his voice is just chilling. like he's just talking just like we are but in front of 65,000 people stops and you're like wow incredible yeah it's incredible yeah his ability to command a situation just his, his descriptions to me are unparalleled yeah i mean you can't beat that kind of stuff and one of the interesting things is too he's a bridge from kind of the early days of radio broadcasting to now because he started in 1950 at the time radio broadcasting was less than 20 years old and so there was no book on how to do it. And so he just did whatever he wanted to do. That's that's what worked for him. And he kind of set the manual for everybody who followed him. And so it's amazing to think that as of a couple of years ago, he was still doing it professionally too. I think it's better when a broadcaster doesn't go by the book. Just just straight up, you know, just be be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I feel about it. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I think the idea is always to, especially if you're on the radio, to be as descriptive as possible and let people know what is happening. That's the most important job. Then beyond that, just try to... Throw in your own little twang. Yeah, and let, let your personality show itself during the broadcast yeah, as absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. And you're an experienced broadcaster. You've been on softball calls. I mean, hey, I've learned a lot from too. you just being a co-host <laughs> of the show. I feel like if if I get a, you know, maybe maybe during the uh, Battle of the Sexes game, I come up and do a little broadcast with you. Yeah, I'll take a few innings off even. You handle the play-by-play for a little while. Uh, that, you're in, huh? I'm in. I'm, right. I'm in. Yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. June 17th, Battle of the Sexes. We'll get our plug in for that. Oh, Do I need, to co- that. I need to come up with a better broadcaster name? Mine, mine's like a little short. Like Blair Beck, like maybe I go by something else, you know? <laughs> I don't know. When I, uh, whenever I tell people about my broadcasting, well, the first question is always, what's your broadcasting name? I'm always confused by that. It's the same as, same as my name in every other situation. Yeah, like, do we go? Do I do I need a stage name for this? I don't like, think for sports casting. I don't think that's standard. No. I think you'd be all right. I can I can, like maybe like big tax or something. Big I'm tax. not big or anything. <laughs> that, that works for me. Big yeah, some some catchy uh, little tax. You're here live with big tax regular, broadcasting. Regular All the radio. Tax. Yeah. Well, we've let a half five. hour uh, drip past us talking about nothing. But thank you guys so much for stopping by. I've had a lot of fun here on the first roundtable of the year. I know, Blair, you'll be back as my standard co-host, Dash, Tyler. Hopefully you join us again as well at some point. Definitely. That's going to do it. Thank you all. Thank you for having me. Thank you, fellas. Good luck out on the field. We'll talk to you another time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks.